Hello and welcome to Smosa Chats, where every week I, comedian Preet Singh, will host a guest who has challenged South Asian norms, whether that be through pursuing a passion as a career or devoting their work to challenging the status quo and taboos within our communities. So sit back, grab a smosa, and enjoy. We're here with Suki Singapura. Hi. <laughs> How are you? Are you good? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I yeah. haven't kidnapped her. She looks very uncomfortable, but I promise I no, haven't. No, no, no. It is a chilly night here in London, so. Uh, Where are you normally used to? Singapore. <laughs> it's in the name, isn't it? The clue's in the name. Is it? How do you split your time normally then? You travel um, a lot. I was stalking your Instagram yeah, for this, obviously. I travel a lot. I'm flying out again on Tuesday. Um, yeah, I split my time between. It used to be Singapore and the UK because um, my mother's British, my dad's from Singapore, and now it's Singapore and LA, so... Um, yeah. Fancy. It's not that fancy, because it's not a holiday. It's work. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm there like, oh, that's so fancy. You're just yeah. like, no, nah, I just live there. But, you know, it was fancy at the beginning, and then you kind of get into your groove of it's, it's, work, it's a work-related trip, and then mm-hmm. it's just like you're getting on a bus to another place of work yeah. yeah so obviously we've done our homework mm-hmm. and there's a couple of people in the room as well so we obviously know who you are but for anybody who doesn't know mm-hmm. what do you do um yes wow <laughs> yes. <List laughs> so, okay here goes um i'm a burlesque artist i'm a women's rights activist i'm the global ambassador of a charity called the sharon project which is actually uk based and i have a tv show on netflix which you may or may not have heard of called singapore social that's that's incredible. So I was gonna I was gonna kick off with your upbringing. Mm. So where did you grow up? That's a, that's, that's a very good question. <laughs> well, I feel you. like <laughs> I grew up on the road. I'm a global citizen, but it was actually really a mixture of the UK and Singapore. And um, I, I majored uh, at the University of Nottingham in the UK, yeah. and then in later life, it's really been, I guess, I, I'm still growing. <laughs> um, so. I, kind of between Singapore and LA. So I have a massively messed up global citizen accent problem, which it changes like the wind and I can't control it. So I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) Me sounding inconsistent, but I can't control myself. (laughs) So so you have like a little mix, but do you flick between the two? Not intentionally, but please tell me if I do, and I'll try not to. Occasionally I'll be possessed by my British mother, and then I'll be possessed by my Indian dad, and then I'll be possessed by my American friends, and then it's just, I, I've given up trying to isolate my, my accent yeah. to one upbringing, yeah. That's, that's awesome. So your family as a, as a whole, yeah. traditional, non-traditional? Very traditional, yeah. Extremely traditional. I'm the only one that has a... Yeah, I think I'm the only one that has a non-traditional vocation. Ooh. My parents are doctors. Um, most of my family are in medicine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my sister's a doctor, and my other sister is a vet, so an animal doctor. Fucking hell, that's me. the smartest family of all time. Uh, hardest working. The hardest Ooh, working. But, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> they are really smart as well. Um, but yeah, they, they're very hardworking, very studious, very traditional. So what made you go from the traditional vocations, <laughs> all that, just to something totally left field? Well, actually, I did follow the path um, because of my upbringing and start off traditional. So I compromised on doing a science at university and I ended up teaching myself IT and becoming a total IT geek. 
Um, wow, you want walking stereotype. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> IT, engineering, medicine, or law? IT. I'll fix your dog and your computer. <laughs> Boom. Um, yeah, so I did that. And then obviously, I, I visually, you can probably tell that the corporate environment wasn't for me. Um, even though I can do IT, I can be a scientist, I didn't want to be a scientist. And yeah. I feel like there's this massive problem, especially in the Asian community, where if you're smart, the logical choice is to pursue sciences because anything else would be wasted talent. <laughs> and that's so crazy to me because actually I feel like I've got as far as I have because of my intelligence and therefore I am not wasting it. I'm directing it into my art career. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically I ended up quitting my job in IT um, and <laughs> teaching myself burlesque and becoming a burlesque artist um, unbeknownst to my parents at the time. and kind of got good at it. Wait, wait, wait. So, so this pause, this <laughs> yeah. pause. So you taught yourself? Yeah. I taught myself burlesque off of YouTube in seven days. And my first gig was in a theater. Basically how this happened was, um, <laughs> basically how this happened was, I'd kind of got to, got to this point in my life where I knew I didn't want to be a scientist. I knew I didn't want to do IT. I felt like I was being repressed, not just in terms of family, but culturally, mm -hmm. I felt like, I was being repressed from how I wanted to be as a human being, creatively, sexually, in terms of female sensual empowerment, empowerment in general. Yeah. Um, and it was around that time I was in the UK that a theatre was auditioning for dancers in this comedy club. And I don't know, I literally don't know why I felt this way, but I felt like it was a sign. And I kind of had heard about burlesque, I'd looked into burlesque, um, I hadn't had any experience in it, but I was like, wow, this is a art form for women to take control of their sexuality, to empower themselves, to elevate themselves, to express themselves creatively with no particular rules mm -hmm. as to how that goes. And so, yeah, I marched on into the theater. I said, said, I'm a professional. Can you give me a job? And they said, start next Friday. So I had seven days to teach myself burlesque off of YouTube. That's amazing. And was that your first introduction to the arts? <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I loved art as it, growing up. I, I was really into art. Um, should have probably been an artist. And I also grew up because of that with this sense of resentment to my parents, which I don't have anymore. Actually, I'm thankful for the way things have worked out. But I yeah. grew up with this great sense of resentment that they didn't let me do something that everyone was saying their daughter was talented in. Mm. And um, I felt hard done by it. And I felt like when I discovered burlesque and I threw myself into the art community, I was like 10 million steps behind everyone else. And I, it, and I felt not angry, but just frustrated. But now I realize you, you, you get to this point where you start like evaluating how things have gone and I don't know, you become reflective as you get older and you, you, you become more experienced in the industry, I guess. And I realized that had they not, had they supported me, would I have had the passion that I have now to take it where I've taken it? Do you know what I mean? It's almost like because I felt so hard done by, I, it really made me want it more it's almost like reverse like, psychology screw you i'm gonna be like if i'm not just gonna be an artist i'm gonna be the best artist in the world and that fire in my belly really took me to like these heights that could i have achieved had they right. said do art at university major in art i don't know so Interesting. yeah 
That's an interesting spin on it because, like, a lot of I, I know a lot of brown people, especially a few people that are, I always think of the, the older generation slightly that didn't have that mm. basis or that, like, I, I guess the balls to sort of turn around and be like, no, nah, actually, fuck you, I'm going to do it. Mm. They do have that resentment and, mm. and almost hate, I think, like, festers into like hate. It's what you do with that energy. I. I literally don't hate anything or anyone. I know that sounds really weird. Maybe I have like a screw loose in terms oh, of that department. Wait until my next like, question. I, I don't have hate. And I always see every negative thing as, the, as an opportunity to turn it into a positive thing. And even when I'm trying to prove someone wrong, I will check myself and I'll, I'll, say, I'll say to myself, don't elevate yourself from the the, that place, that energy place where it's coming from, prove someone wrong. Instead, see that they have given you this opportunity to prove why you are right and really go for it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I don't have any hate for my family. I don't have any hate for my culture, the cultural stereotype that kind of represses us into perhaps ster more stereotypical choices, especially yeah. the older generation. Actually, I feel like anyone who says, I'm so angry at my parents because they didn't let me. Don't play the victim. I know it can be so hard mm. because it was hard for me. And I know there, you know, I'm not saying like go out there and go up against your family and suffer the consequences because in some, in some circumstances that can be dangerous. Yeah. But I am a great believer of everything always turning around. And I just feel that if you say they didn't let me and therefore I didn't, Use that energy. Yeah, Use yeah. that energy and just go for it anyway. Because if you're a good person, they'll hopefully come back around. And if they don't, you'll inspire other people to be less afraid to do what you did first. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a, that's a, that's a great little outlook on your life. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask an ignorant question now. That was go a very on. serious answer. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. What's the difference between burlesque like, uh, artistry and stripping? Here we go. Yes. <laughs> hey. I, 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 <laughs> wow. No, don't tell me I don't put myself in danger. For <laughs> <you>. <laughs> that is, that's a tight, that's a tight rope. Um, there's a massive difference. So anyone who um, sees burlesque or doesn't know what burlesque is might assume that it's a form of stripping. So yes, there are striptease elements to burlesque. First of all, there doesn't have to be. Burlesque is one of those open art forms where it's all about the empowerment of women and their sensuality, and it's up to your interpretation how to kind of um, express that art form. However, more often than not, it does involve elements of striptease, but there's no nudity. And the, the essence of it, it's all about the tease and none of the reveal, whereas stripping yeah. is all about the reveal and less of the tease. And I'm not saying anything negative about stripping because I believe in females empowering themselves from every aspect and every angle. However, um, burlesque as well, it can often take a year from like an idea to a stage performance. It really is an artistry. It's not about three minutes of getting up and taking your clothes off. It's designing the costumes. It's designing, doing the choreography. It's designing the aesthetic. It's choosing the, the music. It's tightly choreographing this, this body of work that then becomes a, an expression of yourself. And it's so much more than that. And also it originated from Italian theater. Right. And the word burlesque literally means to poke fun at. So it's a theatrical art form rather than just taking yeah. your clothes off. So hopefully that answers what your great, question. What a great answer. I was expecting Shut something down. like that. This is, <laughs> oh, damn it, there, there goes no, my next question. So Can you twerk? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's so, it's, it, 
it's one of those things that I guess makes me sad, and I'll tell you why. Because very recently, I'm just gonna just gonna give you some inside info. Very recently, I found out that somebody had said about me, um, and this I don't usually reveal this, so this is kind of like a, whoa, exclusive. It's exclusive. It's the tea. That <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody had said about me. Don't associate her with her because she's just a stripper. And this person had basically taken a snapshot of my career, had a look at it, not really know what burlesque was, and assumed that that was me. And that really like upsets me because um, I think that there is a misconception about burlesque, and it still exists. And why is that? And often the misconception comes from men. This particular person happened to be male. I'm not saying it always does, but more often it does. And then you have to start to ask yourself, why is that? Is it because they're threatened by a woman taking control of their sexuality that they feel like they need to undermine it by simply labeling you as a stripper? I don't know. I personally don't find being labeled as a stripper particularly, <laughs> you know what I mean, um, degrading. However, it's incorrect. And that yeah. really upsets me because, and especially the, the tone and rhetoric of what, the place that that comes from is very offensive. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, you're just a stripper. What, what's that all about? And so I, I like to think that, you know, people have said, are you going to do, do burlesque forever? Well, I can reveal now that um, probably I won't end up doing burlesque forever. Um, <laughs> but I never want to step away from my mission which is always to fight for burlesque artists because mm. there's something intrinsically wrong about an industry that involves female empowerment and gender equality being reduced to the sentence in this mainstream entertainment industry, don't associate with her because she's just a stripper. And regardless of where I am in any place in my life in the future, I will always fight against that yeah. to ensure that burlesque is recognized as a credible art form. It's amazing. Well, you've already, this brings me on quite nicely to my next point, you've already done quite a bit in that fight in Singapore. Thank you. Thanks, yeah. Um, I was reading up, I, I don't mean to be like too grandiose, but I, I guess you were like almost a figurehead for like, like <laughs> was it the modesty laws? Um, yeah, I guess so. Um, it was actually unintentional. I was going on my own personal journey because of how I'd experience my upbringing what I was pushing back against and that was in the UK mm. so when I went to come back to Singapore because most of my family live in Singapore I didn't realize the impact that I'd had until I got back on the ground and I think that's the power of social media is people hear about your story and you don't realize how many people are following your story and um, yeah it was a shock I guess to be placed in the position of a role model but then when I found out that's kind of where it had gone, I really took it upon myself to take that role extraordinarily seriously and always operate from a place of being a good role model as much as I can mm -hmm. um, without feeling like I'm censoring myself, but still taking on that role of, yes, actually, um, it's wrong that this is censored and I'm going to do something about it for us. Yeah. Um, which was a big thing because at the time my dad he was saying he didn't want me to be a burlesque artist and he was very upset about it um, and it was kind of that choice that I had to make do I choose my family and um, choose not putting them into disrepute which they thought would be the case at the time now obviously they don't um, 
or do I choose these young girls and, and guys who are literally placing their hopes and dreams on me to do something about this? And at the time, that was a very painful decision for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. But I chose them and I stand by that decision. What was that like personally for you then? So obviously, obviously we've covered like a little bit about your family. Yeah, tough, tough, very tough. Um, it was a painful time because it's very easy to say you want to do the right thing. Um, but when the right thing's really hard, how many times do we do it? I don't know. And, and also because of personal circumstances, I knew that what I was doing would have a massive impact on my family. And that did play a huge role in the pressure that I was feeling to continue, become, continue being a burlesque artist anyway. That was a really difficult time. And still, to this day, that struggle hasn't really changed because in everything that um, you do, if you're doing something that's outside of the box, even with regards to this Netflix show, when you're doing something that is perhaps outside of the norm or you are not necessarily representative of what we believe a typical Asian or a typical Singaporean yeah. should do or look like or behave, there's going to be a massive pushback. And it's, it's sometimes easy to get really tired and, and disheartened, but I think you've just got to keep that light in your heart and just push through anyway. Yeah. So I, I, it's tough, but I never let it destroy me. I never let it take me down. I always go, you know what, there's a reason for everyone to be here and maybe my reason is to just bring light and push and push those boundaries mm -hmm. and hopefully it'll be easier for the next person coming after me <laughs> interesting that's um so just the last point in your family how did the reconciliation then kind of happen it's been a process <laughs> <laughs> my mum googled me actually and that's how she found out i was a burlesque artist which <laughs> was a shock that was an uncomfortable phone conversation uh yeah. oh, wait, wait. So, okay so i said it was the last point but so you never actually told you no i didn't they found out um because as i'd started to get garner more Notoriety, I guess, if that doesn't sound too douchey. Fame, I guess. Fame. Oh, uh, mm, yes. Um, in Singapore, I was in the magazines and stuff, so I was appearing on Google, and my mum found out. And so, yeah, they thought I was still in IT, so that was the most uncomfortable, so awkward. Weird. I wanted to crawl up yeah. many dark places. Um, yeah, awkward, awkward. So that happened, and they were extremely upset, and my dad took it very, very hard because he's a extremely traditional Indian Singaporean. Yeah. How can I say this politely? <laughs> He's, I think you'll, you'll agree if you're watching this, which you probably won't, but if you do, sorry. Um, <laughs> he's very traditional. Right. And uh, they took it really hard. But I think that with everything that I do in burlesque, I make sure that I accompany it with that feminist rhetoric. And give it meaning. I'm not just doing burlesque. This isn't even about burlesque. I am basically fighting for the right for women to express themselves. And with that comes a certain elevated credibility that my parents eventually saw and they could accept, even if they couldn't accept my career, they could accept that I was a good person and things were coming from a good place. Right. So that's where we're at at the moment. And I don't think they'll ever be proud of my career. In fact, my dad has outright said he'll never be proud of my career, which is tough. But however, they are so proud of me now as a person. And 
it's still a bit of a slap in the face, but I think that that's progress. Yeah. And really, that's the best that we can hope for, our generation. And then next generation, we're going to be like stage school tiger <laughs> parents <laughs> making our kids do art. And they'll be like, no, I just want to be a doctor. We'll be like, screw you, get on stage, tap dance, now, please, I just want to do law. So, you know, it eventually... You get in there and you learn better, how to do this. You better become an artist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's, if there's any consolation, so my parents... My parents knew I was a comedian. The first video they saw, really, like, I, I think traditional parents just don't understand. Like my parents just don't understand comedy. Don't get it. They, yeah, they just don't get it. Right? Yeah. They're just like, what, what the fuck's this? Like, why are people <laughs> laughing? And I sent them this video of a roast battle I did. Okay. And I fucking killed it, right? Like, okay. best, best of the night. Everything's great. And I'm like, <laughs> send them that. Send it via WhatsApp. And the only message I got back, I was battling this like middle-aged Catholic guy. And uh, the only response I got back was, why do you hate Christians so much? Oh, God. Yep. <laughs> Typical. That is a tip. That's so sad, isn't it? Do you know what yeah. I mean? But it's, it's so typical. Exactly. They can't... I got the same thing because I was invited to Buckingham Palace and, um, for fighting for women's rights because Amazing. I was nominated for the Asian Women of Achievement Awards. And I remember thinking to myself they are going to eat their words and be so proud and wow I'll even invite my mum and I just remember them not thinking it was that big a deal um, because it was burlesque related and then I remember that um, a couple of years later was it maybe um, my uncle who actually sings for the cathedral choir mm. he then got invited to Buckingham Palace and whoa pomp and circumstance because it is credible and and he's gentry and I just remember thinking oh that is such a shame yeah. but you know what you did nail it and really it's it's they probably they probably are secretly impressed but they can't help themselves but to say something yeah that, about that and I think it's like, it, it all boils back to being, doing your grades. Did you ever get like, oh, you got 90%? Who got 100 in the class? No, I, oh. we never got that. Ouch. We used to get cousins. Oh, they're doing so good. What's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Yeah. They, we used to get cousins <laughs> and I'm like, oh, bro, yeah. come on, this dude can't fight his way out of a paper bag. Oh. Like, come on. <laughs> and yet yeah, you want them to be your son. Yes. Yeah. So, but have a think about this, right? Because I've thought about that and I've gone, why are they like this? And then I look at us and I think to myself, we're a little bit guilty of that behavior because somebody said to me, oh, you, well, you're not like them because you became a burlesque artist and it isn't just about, you know, get the best grades or be the most studious. And then I thought to myself, yeah, but, um, hmm. I want to be the best burlesque artist in the world. You want to have an amazing podcast and be the best comedian? Yeah. Are we really diff so different to them? Yes. Or are we just doing exactly the same as they're doing to us, but in our own faculty? I'm 100% with you, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Because you're not just like, oh, I want to be a comedian. You're like, nailed this roast, top 5% yeah. And I'm like, yes, burlesque artist, global empire, Netflix show, we are them just a little bit different in different fields different fields That's so you can't criticize them if we're doing that to ourselves yeah yeah i'm with you and i do think it is 
So w- w- was your dad a first generation immigrant yeah. to the country? Uh, yes, he was. So my yeah, grandparents were from Kerala. Right. So yeah. So mine, mine were the same. Mine, both my parents were first generation immigrants. And I compare our lives, mm. like my parents' lives when they were my age versus like me now. And I'm like, oh shit, no, these guys had it hard, hard. <laughs> like no wonder they weren't like pursuing comedy. They were like busy, like, okay, if I don't work, I don't eat. Right. Whereas I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, I've got enough money to do like this. And... I don't know. I know it's, I don't know. My, my, mine was a little rough because, not because it couldn't have been easier, but because I, I went so far rebellious that the only way to get that support was if I gave up what I did and I chose not to. So I was really struggling. Right. Ter- and I'm talking about my, my first job was putting tomatoes in boxes for a fact in a factory. Right. Because I would rather have struggled and made spaghetti out of a tin on toast and struggle to pay my rent and know that I want to be a burlesque artist and have accepted a single penny from them and not been who I was. Yeah. So, but I do know what you're saying. Yeah. Even that is less rough than how they had it. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I think that's kind of what I mean. So yeah. it's like, even though I've been like working, so I, I think my first job was about 15. Wow, right? yeah. But the only reason I got that job at 15 was because they were like, no, we had to work at 15, you're going to work at 15. Wow. Right, so I was like, and if I never got into that cycle, right, I generally don't think I would be like here now. Wow, yeah. So it's like if they hadn't, whereas at the time I was kind of like, oh, but I just want to like play football and like do this and do that. Like, come on, man, please. Like they just like if if they didn't take me down that path, no way would I end, ended up kind of here. I think that's a lot. I think there's something to be said for that, and mm. I agree in terms of my career as well. And I think that's a massive lesson for everyone: is that sometimes we really resent our upbringing. Sometimes it can be really hard to accept how we've been treated, but really, um, don't look at it as you were hard done by. Look at it as those things and hardships that you went through have given you some of the greatest qualities that give you the tools to succeed in what you now want to do. So. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. The burlesque activism, how hard was that? So we touched on it. So if you guys don't know, like Singapore has pretty, or had, has pretty stringent modesty laws. Yeah. What was that like? Did you get like a, there must have been a backlash. (laughs) Not even just from your family, but I mean like. Massive backlash, massive backlash. And there still is, is. Um, but it's a lot easier. Um, that was four years of really campaigning for burlesque to be legitimized in Singapore and seen as a credible art form. Mm-hmm. It was tough. It was a little bit easier because I'm, I made sure that I didn't just fight in Singapore, I took it internationally as well. And the funny thing about us as Singaporeans is we're really angry about stuff. Unless it's accepted internationally, then we're a little bit less angry. And then if it becomes like a massive thing, then it's okay, and then that's really Singaporean. <laughs> right, okay. So, in a way, I didn't know it at the time, but going out and learning my craft more in New York and going to Los Angeles, and I went to um, Japan, and I went to Germany and Paris, and I'm off of my own back and my own money, literally doing gigs, paying for the flight, next country, do gigs, play for the flight. I think that helped because it raised international awareness about burlesque in Singapore, to the point of which it kind of would have been embarrassing then as an international player, economically, culturally, 
for us not to really start to accept it because everywhere else was accepting it. And I think that really helped mm. personally, in my opinion, I believe that really helped. Um, but there's still a backlash. And I think that's because our culture, I mean, I'm, I'm a Nair and my family, my Kerala family are actually matriarchs, but even still Singapore is inherently patriarchal. And I think the uncomfortability in terms of the modesty really does come with where is the control? Because there are places in Singapore where it's a little less modest. <laughs> However, the onus and the control lies with the men. And I think the uncomfortability in terms of those modesty laws are when it starts to be, there's a woman and she's taking control of her sexuality for no one else but herself. Where does that, live a, where does that leave a patriarchal society? Where does that live the, leave the control of the man? And I think that's where our problem is. Um, yeah, mm. so I think that's why we're so stringent on some forms of entertainment yeah. more than others. It was a battle though. I even get pushed back right now for my hair. People are like, why is she being like this? Why does she have to dress like a clown? <laughs> I'm doing, I, I'm not, first of all, what's wrong with clowns? <laughs> and second of all, if it's good enough for Bowie, it's good enough for me. <laughs> I actually, that's, that's something that I get quite a bit as well. It's like people, people that don't understand comedy, it's like, what is this, like a, a clown thing? Or what <laughs> yeah, clown thing. <laughs> yeah, is what it? is this? <laughs> no, it's, no, we're expressing ourselves because that comes from our hearts and we're not doing it for attention or to be clowns or to, mm. um, you know, be different. We're doing it because that's the very essence of our souls and we have to express ourselves and we do it if there was no one to see anyway. I was going to say that as well, like, I feel like there's people. Sometimes people ask me, like, "Why? Why do you joke about that? Or why did you do it?" And I'm literally just like, I "Just wanted to, man." I was yeah. like, you know, and I feel like that's. I feel like the answer to a lot of things. Yeah. Oh, why did you do this? Why did you do that? It's just like, do you know what it is though? I feel do. like we live in a narcissistic society because of social media, and because of that, genuine people who are genuinely weirdos are are put into the same category as. Yeah, I did just call myself. <laughs> yeah. I, but I, also, I, I, I admit that may be an accurate description of me for the common <laughs> man or woman, but or anything in between and everyone. Um, but my point is, is that... Wait, what was my point? I don't know. I was, I, I was so <laughs> distracted by the whole weirdo thing. You were talking about narcissistic society. Right. Yes, I was. Okay. So, we are so narcissistic as a society and we've grown so much to like take those selfies on social media that anyone who's naturally weird just because they want to be creative is lumped into the same category as that narcissistic environment and therefore i think there's this kick kickback from the public where they genuinely believe you're doing it to be narcissistic or for attention mm. and um that's not the case and i think good good people like yourself and myself we're not we we're not doing it because we want attention. In fact, I'm very awkward. And people say, oh, why do you dye your hair? You must love the attention. Actually, no, I find, I, I get like a full water beard, sweaty pits. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable when people stare at me. And, and people are like, well, why do you do it then? Because I can't help it. I need to express myself. And in my very pores, I'm a rainbow. And if it doesn't come out, I'll feel like I'm repressing myself. Yeah. Which is why, you know what I mean? It's, it's funny because you think to yourself, well, speaking of Bowie, 
how would he have been received in this day and age in like a narcissistic Instagram environment? Would people have been like, oh, he's just attention seeking? Well, I don't know. I always kind of think, I always kind of think that the, the initial reaction to anybody doing something a bit different yeah. is always, I remember when people, I remember when people, when I first started doing comedy, I remember the like little jokes. You know the little jokes that aren't really jokes, like they're aimed at you, like, okay. oh, how's the comedy career going? Oh, got it. Passive-aggressive. That passive yeah, that, mm. pa oh, are you still doing comedy? Mm. Are you still writing jokes or whatever? And I remember those, and I still, to this day, every so often, like, whenever I smash a gig, I, I, I still, like, chuckle to myself. Mm. I'm like, Haha, that was funny. <laughs> but then, as soon as, like, the podcast, like, even though we're in its, like, infancy, the podcast gets there's started. There's well. Huh? <laughs> 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 I'm, like, nervous, Suki, all right? You're just looking at me. No, 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 no that's like, cool, that's cool. Infancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In its infancy. <laughs> I just did it about 20 times, it's fine. <laughs> all right, we're going to have to edit this shit out, right? Yeah. So you can have that one if I can have the other one. Can you edit out where I forgot my train of thought? Nobody's editing nothing. God damn is, it. This is a straight <laughs> conversation. Um, Go on. Yeah, so it's like, as soon as, like, then it's like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, So-and-so's coming on this podcast. Yeah. So-and-so's followed the page. Mm. So-and-so said he's, like, funny or whatever. And then it became like a, oh, hey, bro, like, we're really supporting you and, like, all of this sort of shit. And it, it, in, in my head, I kind of think, oh, fuck you, I remember that time. But do you know what's really important is, because I've experienced this as well, and um, people used to say, are you still doing burlesque, right? <laughs> Oh my gosh, are you still doing that? Are you making any money from it though? Are you though? Oh, yes. ouch. Well, here I am, paying my bills, so I'm good. But the, the, the difference that separates, and I think this is really important because it's very easy for success to turn you, like I've seen people that I really care about turned, and I never knew that was a real thing until I saw it in the flesh. Mm. I think what really separates good people who are really, really, truly gonna succeed from the masses is, now, when you go back to the town that you were born in and you talk to the people that said that about you and they're like, wow, what are you doing? First of all, it's uncomfortable because anything you say will sound like boasting, <laughs> yeah. right? Because you can't explain your career to them. But second of all, you have this opportunity now to look back at them and go, oh, are you still working in that <laughs> bank, right? But you don't. Yeah. You don't. And I think that's what separates good people is that despite everything people say about us, despite haters, because there are haters out there, boy, do I know it. Especially when this show started, my, my Netflix show started, there was a massive pushback, which is now t changing as people watch yeah. it more and more. But we have this opportunity to literally go, you know, fuck you. Yeah. And we don't. And I think that's really important. Oh, mate, you, you might not. As soon as I get the opportunity, like, I'm, I'm shitting straight on them. Ouch. Okay. What are you doing? Oh, you know I'm still taking it to this level. <laughs> yeah. What you've done now. What are you doing, bitch? <laughs> like, come on. Each to their own. Do you know what I'm saying? Let me pay, let me pay your bills. <laughs> oh, okay. Ouch. <laughs> Why do you need a job? No, yeah. we're not. I'm not I'm not about that life. I'm looking for an assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Could you please do some colouring in for me? I've got how to use pencils because I now have an iPad. Yeah, I do. I, I don't, yeah, you can be my photographer. That wasn't a good one, sorry, that was really, that was quite lame. I could have gone for something bigger there. Oh, I love a bad joke. Do you? Oh, mate, I, I fucking adore it. Like, <laughs> that's going to be part of the trailer. <laughs> Every time you watch that trailer, you're going to be like, Ugh. Actually, I can't watch myself back. I can't listen to myself back, I always feel. Have you seen your own Netflix show? <laughs> no, I've not. So, 
So, okay, let's, let's go back a little bit because yeah, we've mentioned on. it a few times. Yeah. So it's called Singapore Social. Yes. And what's it about? Um, good question. <laughs> so it follows my life around and the lives of um, a group of us in Singapore that are doing things that are a little bit away from the norm. Um, and it's um, unscripted docuseries. So basically it is unscripted. Everything that happens happened over the course of four months. So this team from LA, Netflix, literally flew in and they filmed us and our lives and what happened during that time. Which is interesting because I guess I'm, even though I'm very open, I'm also very private. Mm -hmm. And I don't really like people to see not that I don't like people to see my flaws, but my uncoolness is a genuine problem. And there is a lot of that. Uh... Wow. So, well, you know, because in the first two seconds, I gave birth to, like, melon seeds out of my face. And then, <laughs> anyway. Somebody will pay top dollar for that video. I'll tell you, the caption right now, Suki spits out seeds. That, that, I had three, three melon seed kittens. Um, so, you know, I don't usually let people into that side of me, and so I wanted to with this so it's um that's what it is it's fly on the wall it's what you see is what you get um however in terms of the pushback i think that came from um people n assuming that from the trailer they wouldn't be able to relate to us and also we're in an era of global citizens and folk culture kids and uh, people are mixed, and if they're not mixed, they know someone who's mixed, and their careers are all over the place, and their accents are all over the place, and that's just how it is now. Yeah. And I think that also caused a lot of, um, I don't know, pushback, because people were like, oh, these aren't real Asians. Well, define a real Asian. Are, <laughs> are you Asian? Yeah. Well, then you're real, and you're an Asian. So we come yeah. in all colors, guys, <laughs> and all shapes and sizes, and all forms, and all accents, and that doesn't make it, you know, we need to stop doing that to our own community, because how are we ever gonna progress if we feel like we need to fit into this cookie cutter mold? Mm. Um, or Samosa Triangle. Oh, bam. Hey. There you go, plug in, plug in. <laughs> so, uh, there was, but now people have seen the show, and they tell me, that they're really enjoying it. But I haven't, yeah, you're right, I haven't seen it yet. I can't bear to see it. <laughs> not because I'm worried it will not be fantastic, because I'm living vicariously through people's reactions, and yeah. they are have been really incredible, so thank you so much. Um, is this something like the most watched? Is it most watched, most liked? It's something like that. I, the, if I was a better the, host, I would have actually really <laughs> It's rating really high there you go. It's, it's yeah like which is great and what's so silly is that haters are even coming on going these aren't real ratings I'm like I'm, do i have to, like 200 people <laughs> am i creating like are the cast creating 20 different twitter Sorry, accounts fans, a day yeah. saying you're amazing no we're not that's ridiculous um so yeah it's starting to rate really high and yeah, that, that's, a, that's amazing. I'm, I'm very grateful for that. But I can't, the reason why I don't watch it and I haven't watched it yet, obviously I've seen clips because people are tagging me in it, mm. left, right, and center. So I am seeing my face in many clips that I try to click away from as quick as possible. But also, unscripted docuseries, despite it being unscripted, definitely we are given pointers. Not on what to say, but say for example you're in a room with somebody and you would just chat about normal stuff we'd probably just chat about watermelons work <laughs> yeah. i wouldn't go how's your mother and why did she eat two samosas on tuesday right you wouldn't say that no. but they will say to you what do you think about the fact that 
creates more make two samosas on Tuesday. And you'll say, well, I wouldn't really, but if you had to speculate, what right. would you say, right? And so then you say, well, you know, I wouldn't eat two samosas on a Tuesday. I might just eat one or I could eat three. And then they'll use, I wouldn't eat two samosas, I'd only eat one. Which makes you look yeah, so like I'm criticizing your mum for eating two samosas on a Tuesday. What's the problem with mum eating two samosas? 100% none. 100% none. Oh my God. She's going to be watching this. Post traumatic stress. You're just... <laughs> You're just insulting Well, I did three, so all I'm saying is she needs to up her game. Right, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, you just insult along twice now. Yeah. No, but it's, it, do you know what I mean? So it can be edited in a way, but I haven't seen it, so I can't say, but, you know, I, I yeah. think I would be uncomfortable with that. And we weren't given any editing control. We didn't even see it before it came out. And yeah. I just don't want to, I really, I'm a believer in being kind to everyone. And I like to judge a person by by the person that I know in real life. Not that this isn't real life, but I wouldn't want to watch it back and go, oh, that's not every aspect of me. Or I wouldn't want to watch it back and go, oh, my friend said this or said that because really it's not, it is real life, but it's also kind of not. And I think um, there's that. And also the fact that I am so uncool. I don't want to see <laughs> the facial expressions that I make on camera. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. like, all right, like, why are my hands doing this right now? Just look at me. <laughs> Stop. So I can't bear to... Oh, I'm going to have to sit my hands now. So I can't bear to watch that because I'll, I'll be like, Stop it. Sit down. Brush your hair. And have a snack. And I just don't want to watch that back. Oh, I, I get what you're saying. I, I'm like that with com- comedy clips and stuff. God. Even though, even though like, I'll come off like, stage and I'll be like, Oh, that's Nailed so it. good. Yeah. And I watch it back and I'm like... For this, like, three seconds, why did I look that way? What am I doing? We are our parents. Yeah. Because many people will be like, oh, amazing, so relatable. Where you'd be like, oh, why did my beard do that? And I'd be like, oh, why (laughs) why did I just say it? Why did I spray it and not say it? I'm the opposite of you. So I'll watch the clip a hundred times until it stops becoming funny. Or like, or I'll pick out... Like, why do I do this? Yeah, I know. It's it's weird. I'll be like getting from a train. I'll be like, my first reaction will be like, I'm great. (laughs) And then my 15th reaction will be like, oh my God, you can see my nipple. Why why are you watching it then? Why are you watching it then? Narcissism. Is it? Definitely. Is it or is it the the desire to be better? Because I'll tell you what I do watch back is if I'm doing a proper show, not not a show show within a TV show, but if I'm doing a genuine performance... I will watch, I will ask somebody to film it so I can better my performance. Right, okay, that's the only yeah. time I'll really probably watch something. So maybe you're just trying yeah, to better yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the reason that I give to everyone. That's why I video it, not to... What were you wearing when you thought you could see your nipple? <laughs> oh, it was this white t-shirt. Oh, oh no, no, should I tell you, the, should I tell you my worst ever gaff? Yeah. Uh, so there's two that spring to mind. Okay, go. There's a room that I do fairly regularly. Mm. Again, did really well. Uh, and then I went off... Thing, uh, like off, off stage, went to go see the, the video on the train back. And I was like, I did not have an erection, but it looks like I've got an erection. Oh, did not see this conversation coming at oh, all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're going to strip away wow. all of this, like, yeah, got yeah. Got it. Oh, my and God. And I was there, and I was like, oh, my God, why the fuck does it look look like... And I was like, what is going on, <laughs> right? And I probably like, paranoid myself out to the point where I messaged another comedian to be like, Hey. Did uh, I have a boner? No, no, no. no oh, I knew shit, I that didn't. would be weird. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 I knew I didn't have an erection. It totally looked like mm. I did. <laughs> and I was like, hey, did you notice anything like weird on stage while I was on it? And he was like, nah, nothing. And I was like, thank fuck. 
Second, so I should probably should have started off with the second point. It was a, it's, it's a lot more vanilla. It's not going to be quite as dramatic. You now. bring it back quick. Um, I was wearing a t-shirt and I went yeah. to go reach up and then like it would, like went up and you could see like the bottom of my belly. Oh, which isn't that's not. Nah, see, I should have started with that. Now it's time yeah, to climb back to it. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Okay, nothing I've ever done is probably as crazy as that. No, because any like half nudes nudity that you do is intentional. I knew you'd say that. Classic. Oh, fuck. Classic patriarchy. Wow, boom. I'll tell you what though. Patriarchy. No one's ever seen my nipples. Uh, no, oh, they've <laughs> definitely seen mine. <laughs> like, there's a lot of... Wow, that sounded like I literally have no romantic life whatsoever. That's really I'm sad. I'm a big fan of that. I love mm. the fact that you're just like, no, I always keep my top on. No, <laughs> this situation. I'm showering. I'm having... Like, no. And to be honest, the amount of people that have seen me naked recently are probably just three cats in a row just looking at me. Wow, that's so sad. I'm so sorry. Oh my are you okay, Sugi? Is everything good? So anyway, I never watched myself back. Yes. I always say some weird brought, ass shit. You brought it back nicely. Yeah. Um... <laughs> See, I feel like I'm too respectful with you. I should be hammering you right now, but I'm not. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, the, net, the Netflix show. So uh, we're going to bring it back to being serious. Okay. The Netflix show. Yes, thank you. Living under a microscope for four months, mm. that must have been difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, just like, yeah, you're still thinking about the cat's like, shit. The no, actually, when you said that, I thought about... Um, there's a scene where this kid, is it like um, Toy Story? Or is it about, is it about an ant? What's the, what's the other one called? Ant's Life? Ant's Life, Bugs, Bugs Life. Life, that's it, yeah. This kid holds a magnifying glass and there's this little ant in the sunshine. I was thinking, when you said under a microscope, I was thinking, well, under not as difficult as that ant in a Bugs Life. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. I'm um, a big fan of how your brain works. You went straight from nipples tangent. <laughs> to fucking Bugs Life. ant being tortured <laughs> under a microscope. Um, whoa. So yes, it was tough because I'm, <laughs> you may not know from this little interaction, but I'm quite socially awkward. Um, <laughs> just gonna, just gonna let you know that guys. Um, so having known that fact, I usually spend a lot of time by myself thinking about my career and working on my acts, working on my routines. And I'm like an introverted extrovert. So when I'm doing a performance or I'm in an interview, I'm quite confident, but in real life, I am chronically shy. Right. And to never have downtime was an extremely difficult process for me because even when you see me on screen by myself, there's like 20 people that are all in the room with me, completely silent, just staring at me <laughs> with like earphones, monitors, microphones, cameras. Yeah. And so there was no let up to that. There really was no let up to that. There was no opportunity to decompress. And that... That definitely was a lot for me because even if you're filming, say you're filming a movie or you're filming a TV show, you can go off set and have that downtime and then yeah. go back on and deliver. They wanted to follow the everything. So when I'm tr usually rehearsing for a show or I've got a massive show like you see on the, sh on the show, mm. I'll spend a lot of time by myself, just getting my head right, getting the choreography right, running it over. I, there wasn't an opportunity to do that because, you know, and personal th things that were going on in my life as well, you know, it was a very difficult time for me personally. There was a lot of things going on and just never having that quiet time was 
a lot for me because mm. I really value that time to be not antisocial but introverted just to reflect and get my shit back together. Yeah. So that was so tough. Did yeah. they have like set up like so I know you how you said like they they'd have the almost like leading questions I guess or like um it wasn't no it wasn't leading questions but you know before you started your day they would be like oh maybe you want to talk about this you you, you hands on hands up in the air you're accountable for everything that you say that comes out of your mouth but you're encouraged perhaps to speculate more than you ordinarily would yeah. so they're not really giving you leading questions but they're kind of steering it you're part of a, I guess you're part of a storyline that you don't know you're in. Yeah. But it isn't a storyline because it is still your real life. But definitely you don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So you don't know whether you're doing it right or they're going to turn it against <laughs> you. You just don't know. Yeah. Did they ever like manufacture situations or set up situations? No. No. No? no. Nothing like that? No, but um, they absolutely didn't and everything is real life. But definitely I, I, I would say that a lot of people have come to me and said, oh, well done for like talking about this or talking about like that. I, I, I wouldn't have done that not ordinarily. So whilst I am right. very appreciative of people kind of being like, yes, Suki, you stood up for what is right. and <laughs> Go you. I'm like, oh, that's awkward because ordinarily I might not have because I'm not that confident right. about it. And also I'm, I'm so workaholic obsessed with my career and trying to do the best job possible that I don't even have the time to do it so in a way I possibly felt like maybe you're a little bit steered to something mm -hmm. but of course everything I say is what I said so is it hard work extremely hard work exhausting there were times where I was absolutely out of it exhausted in in the final episode actually the final episode we shot was um this show on um sailor v with um one of the cast members who's a, a singer and um tabitha and that was the last shot we actually filmed and i was so exhausted you, all i could think about was i must get to the end of the day because <laughs> it was three months and you're just tired you want to go back to your normal life eat a snack do absolutely nothing with no one yeah. and you would have to bring the energy bring the energy it's it's a lot so yeah yeah it's intense yeah because like I, I guess like shows like that and even even just like what, how, how many episodes is it 10 episodes eight eight yeah yeah eight episodes oh, that's eight hours of tv is definitely like what 800 hours worth of Four months so, almost. It was almost four months of filming, three months and then some. Yeah, it was a lot. Think, especially for a socially introverted person, mm. that's a lot. With no let up, you know yeah. what I mean? There's no, and also the crew aren't, they're your friends, but you're not, they're not your friends because they can't, I liken it to, as a kid, did you ever watch David Attenborough's wildlife programs? <laughs> right. And as a kid, I love them now. <laughs> as a human, I love them. Yeah. But you would look at like that lion cub that the mother had abandoned and you would go, David, <laughs> come on, why are they just leaving it to starve? And they'd be like, it's day 59 and the cub is on its, why is it, it doesn't speak like that. The cub <laughs> is on its, like, what is David Attenborough, one of the witches from oh, Hamlet? Sorry. <laughs> no, but Anyhow, no. now he is. So which David Attenborough goes and it's on its last legs and it's starving. 
this 10-month-old cub is likely not to ever make it. And you're like, just feed it and rescue it. <laughs> I felt like that cub. You felt because like... they can't help you. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. There's just somebody walking around in the background. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, we're, we're not. We're not editing. No, no, no. We're not editing shit here. See, a professional, right? The start and the end gets edited, and that's it. It's what's and all. Oh, wow. I just posed in a really weird way, and then David became a statue. And he continued his monologue. So basically, then, right, the producers aren't allowed to talk to you, they're not allowed to help, assist you if you're sad. They've got to stand and watch you be sad. If you cry, they watch you cry. There's no Lucky rescue that, that cub. So you're literally like in the Sahara jungle. That's brutal. On your own. And the mother has left you and you're going to starve and they can't give you snacks. Yeah. You've got to just live it and you've got to survive. Harsh. I couldn't do that shit. Harsh, harsh, harsh. After harsh. I'd fixed up on every one of them producers, camera people, there were moments where I, I was really, I just was found myself being frustrated. And I'm sure that made good material because my frustrated face probably helped the narrative of whatever <laughs> is being portrayed. But I would be really upset. And it wasn't even because of the situation, it's because of the fact that you're surrounded by people that, you know, as a professional, I see my my crew, everyone that I work with, you over there, and you, and you, and you, <laughs> as friends. And um, it's really hard when your friends can't help you. They'll, you get upset that they're not your friends, but they are. They just, at the end of the day, if I was, if we were all surviving without drama, would anyone watch it? No. Probably no. So you've got to set aside your ego and your superiority and go, you know what, this is just a TV show. And if you did nothing, it would be boring. Yeah. So you might as well go balls to the wall, fully in, not just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Just well, you said bring it down more, and I'm, so that was my first attempt. I'm I'm totally with you. I feel like that's a life motto, all, all the time. Just never balls the tip. To the wall. Always just never the tip. Or never the tip. Never just the tip. Never just the tip. Never just the tip. Always just the balls, balls in. Wow. Never the tip. Man, a castrated cat would feel really, really left out of this narrative. Oh man, that's bad joke number two. I love you, Suki. Oh. This is this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> you make me seem a funny. A lot of cat jokes in this. I think she needs to evaluate her life choices. That's right. Most people have pussy on their mind all the time. Wow. Oh, oh God, gross. No. Wow. Really? Damn. You guys have never seen a whole room. I am cringe. no longer associated with this podcast or anyone sitting in this hey, room. You you signed the waivers already. It's fine. Um, who are you? I don't know you. <laughs> uh, the last the. The last point I was going to finish up on, mm. what's next for you? Mm. What, what are you going to be, be doing? Okay, some things, I know this is a really corny yawn. Some things I can say, some things I can't. I'm sorry. Ugh, I hate myself for saying that. It's gross. But it's true. Um, however, what I can tell you is that I'm heading more towards LA. Um, not ever abandoning Singapore because that's the country that literally made me. And so I always want to bring my craft and everything that I'm doing back there as well. But it is heading more towards LA, so that's a massive jump for me, um, from just dabbing my toes in to just really throwing myself into the entertainment industry there, which is very exciting. And I'm sure 
that I will come back and tell you <laughs> when I can tell you exactly what that entails. But that's definitely going to be the 2020 agenda. That'd be huge. Well, I think we're done. Thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, uh, thanks for having and me. We'll link all of your socials and stuff below. People can cool. go follow you and go see Singapore Social. Hey, thanks Ooh, so much. Awesome. <laughs> Just bump it out. Oh, you went for the bow. Oh, and full one as well.